For black women in America, a breast cancer diagnosis brings with it a disturbing statistic. Black women are less likely to develop breast cancer, but 40% more likely to die from it than white women. That's according to the Centers for Disease. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. We're not listening to that. Open up your curtains, let the sun in, and change your music. From test to trial to testimony, this is Pink October, and I'm your host, Patricia Anderson. Want you to know that God is still a healer, and we talk about the trials and tests and testimonies of people that have gone through the cancer journey. So I would hope that you would enjoy some conversations that I'm having with some of our Pink sisters. So come on and listen in. Patricia Anderson coming to you from Pink October. And today I just wanted to share with you a little bit about uh, my journey. I've told you a little bit about it last year, I believe, but um, the journey continues. So it all started um, when I was diagnosed back in 2018. I had been feeling a lump for a while as I lay down at night and I just... Something just wasn't right. I started to feel uh, some discomfort in my chest. So I started rubbing my hands across it when I lay down at night because I couldn't feel anything during the day. And I actually felt a lump in my left breast. And I thought, no, God, this can't be. And as I lay there every night and felt that lump, I begged God to not let it be breast cancer. I didn't say anything to anybody, but once I felt that thing for a good month, I called and scheduled a mammogram. Well, I wasn't due for a mammogram just yet. So they said, well, you're not due yet. I said, yeah. I said, but I I think I need to come in. I have an issue. So they got me in on a Friday in early February. And on that Friday, I was there and I did, they did the mammogram and they acknowledged then that they saw that there was an issue. So they asked me then, they said, well, can you stay today and do a biopsy? Because we're concerned about what we're seeing. And I said, sure. But I'm going to tell you, you know, I already knew. I knew that's what it was because I just knew. And so I said, sure. And then, um, so here I am sitting in the doctor's office. It's after four. Um, No one else is there. All the patients are gone. And it's just me sitting there. So they bring me in for the biopsy. And the look even on the doctor's face, which was a woman who was doing the biopsy, was certainly a look of concern. And she let me know she was concerned. So anyway, they said, well, we'll do the biopsy. We will let you know by Tuesday. All right. So I got home on that Friday evening and um, Daryl, my husband, called and said, hey, how did it go? And I said, I don't know. I don't think it went very well. They went on and did a biopsy. And um, I believe it is what it is. But so anyway, that Tuesday came and sure enough, I got the call that confirmed that they had found cancer tissues there. So they immediately set up an appointment with a cancer oncologist and um, with a breast specialist, both. So, and that was on the recommendation of my OBGYN. Um, So I called the uh, people that she recommended and immediately set up an appointment. Well, 
soon as you sit down and set up an appointment with them and they start talking about the options, um, which they suggested that I do the chemotherapy first to reduce the tumor and then proceed to take it out. And then after that, um, decide on whether or not I wanted to do a mastectomy and have that breast removed or of whether or not I wanted to do a lumpectomy and just have the lump itself taken out but keep the breast. So anyway, we went through all of that and me and my husband went and met with them and we were there all day um, meeting with them because when you meet with them, then another woman came in and brought this huge folder full of information with available uh, things that we that were available to me as a cancer's patient. And um, and I'll talk a little bit about that later, but that's how I found out about a lot of the other programs and things that were available to me. So anyway, we went on ahead, but my birthday's in February and I already had a scheduled trip to go down to Atlanta and spend a week with my son. That was my birthday present. So I told them, I said, I have a scheduled trip and I'd like to go down and do the week and then come back and we can hit the ground running. So they said, fine, because, you know, when you start talking about cancer and cancer tissues are found, they they want to get to this thing immediately because time has already gone by that mm, they probably should have already been doing something. And the scariest part about it was they staged me at stage three at that point. Um, and that's pretty deep because stage four is, is it, you know, pretty much for some people. but. That's here nor there, because in all honesty, I know a lot of people that have been staged at four and, hey, 20 years later, and they're still breathing and walking around and praising God. So either way, it was a a scary stage at this point. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, we've got to hurry up and hop to it. So I went on down to Atlanta and I spent a week with my son and had the best week. Didn't mention it to anyone. Me and my husband decided that we would keep this under wraps until we had a better handle of what I was going to be going through. But, you know, the weird thing about it is while I was in Atlanta, we went to visit my son's grandmother and she was (laughs) rattling on and on and on about the individuals in their family that either have or have had cancer. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my gosh, are we really having this conversation right now? Because no one that was in that room at the time knew that I, too, was sitting there with cancer in my body. And I just sat there and just, oh, my God, you know, until the point where I said, "Okay, I'm ready to go now. Right. So nobody knew, you know, that I'm sitting there going through my own personal agony over the same thing. And she's just sharing about who's, you know, got cancer. And she didn't know because I had, we, you know, my son didn't even know. So anyway, um, I get back home. And the first thing we had to do was schedule to have a port put in. And that was an in and out surgery where they go into the chest and they insert a port, which is kind of a tube that sends is designed to direct the medicine directly to where the cancer is. And it's inserted into your body. Um, so I had that done, had the port put in. And then after I had the port put in, then we started scheduling um, the the uh, chemotherapy sessions, which were every two weeks on Monday. From I started in March all the way through to June, every two weeks. 
And I thank God for my husband because he took what they call the family leave time to be with me for all of those sessions. They made us both as comfortable as possible. And, you know, I have to say, I I, I didn't know what to expect, but I thought it was going to be a lot worse. Um, It's more of the thought that you even have to do this than the process itself at this point. So anyway, somewhere around May, uh, no, I'd say late April, May, I started losing my taste buds. That was aggravating because I now couldn't taste my favorite foods. Um, The texture didn't feel right on a tongue that can't taste. And um, that 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 was the front. That was probably the most frustrating part, to be honest with you, about going and taking chemo. Other than the fact that you actually have to do it for cancer, Um, because I'm thanking God for keeping me alive. And I'm thanking God for um, just being able to have a procedure or process that's going to extend my life so that I could be a testimony for the goodness of him. Now, speaking of that, once I started the chemotherapy, literally after one treatment, the lump was gone. I couldn't feel it because, you know, I was still feeling it every night. I could no longer feel this lump. So when I went back to the doctor for follow up, the actual doctors, they were like, oh, carrying on and bragging about how well the treatment is working and this and that and the other. And I literally told them, don't 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 get it twisted. The fact that you can't feel the lump is God because he already told me I was going to be OK. And that's what that was. That was the grace of God that it was taking the tumor out because I even asked him, I said, well, do I have to continue now with this process? Because it's clearly not there anymore, because as as you're also going through chemo, you know, I'm going for scans because they are checking the body to see if the cancer has spread anywhere else. And yes, it was in my lymph nodes or in a lymph node, they said. But anyway, um, so you're getting scans to see, you know, if this stuff is spread all through your body and whatnot. Fortunately, thank God it hadn't except for the lymph node, which they would have taken out anyway, even if it hadn't. But um, so I, I, I just let them know, you know, where that grace and mercy came from. Now, don't get me wrong. I thank God and I prayed about the hands, the medicines and all that, that we're going to be touching the body and uh, aiding in the cure of the cancer or in the cure of taking out the, that, that cancerous lump. But I was not going to negate who my father was and where my blessings truly were coming from. So anyway, I went on ahead and uh, finished up the chemo. So now I had to wait for about a month or two so that the body can uh, regain and get strong and get your numbers back up because cancer and chemo, or I should say chemo, really zaps a lot of stuff. While it's taking the bad stuff out of your body, it's weighing a heavy toll on the good stuff in your body. So, um, you know, you really have to build yourself back up or I had to build back up um, so that I could prepare my body for the surgery. Now, it's interesting because while I was going through the chemo, the only thing that was tasty to me was McDonald's strawberry milkshakes because they were sweet. And um, uh, the the chicken noodle soup, probably because it was kind of salty. So those things were helpful to me um, in getting through that. So in any case, 
I went on ahead and uh, we talked about the surgery and I went on ahead and I first decided I was just going to have a lumpectomy. But then I thought, you know what? A couple things. I don't want any tissue left in my body that had cancer associated to it. And so that whole breast, I said, you know what? Just take it. I said, because I don't want anything left in there. And then second, I wanted a breast reduction anyway. I'm going to be honest with you. That is one of the things that I had said I wanted to have done at some point. Not that I wanted to get it done this way, but I found a saving grace in this whole process. So I decided to go with a mastectomy and have reconstruction done. And with the mastectomy, they were going to take the left breast, build it back up, and then cut down the right breast to match the left breast. Amen. So I opted to go with that. And uh, so now in August, we had, I had the sketch, the uh, surgery, um, you know, which was really weird because then you go to sleep and you, the cancer has now been gone according to um, the scans and everything, but they still have to go in and get the remnants out or get anything that's left. In this case, the whole breast. So you go to, you go to sleep that before you go into the surgery room with two breasts. And you come out with one. So you literally had an amputation done. Um, you know, amputations aren't just legs and feet and toes. In this case, it was my breast. And I had decided, I said, wow, I said, this is, this is crazy because I wake up and I'm bandaged. And they had already put what they call an expander in that breast. And what the expander is, is once they took off the cancerous breast, then they put in um, an expander, which is like a balloon. And that balloon is designed for me to go and have it expanded to the size that I want it so that they'll know what size um, to put in there when they do the reconstruction. So, um, interesting process like what you hear on pink october want to catch all new shows why not share these inspiring stories with others going through their journey follow pink october at podpage.com backslash pink hyphen october and subscribe to the podcast let us know what you think of the show and support breast cancer efforts through donations at the site thanks for listening to pink october Every time you turn us on. Hey, yo, one, two, three. Get up, we got victory. More variety of inspirations and praise. Thank you. If I can have your attention, don't mean to waste your time. Our spirit music. I like to tell a little story. I always lost a good and find my way. Hello, everybody. I want to let you know that I am still doing the donations of $30 or more. And when you do the donations with me directly to me, then that entitles you to a gift and the proceeds go directly to the American Cancer Society um, on your behalf. Um, if there's a person who you've lost or a person who's still around that you want to commemorate, you can feel free to do that in that donation. 
And your acknowledgement for that will come directly from the American Cancer Society. So I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm still doing that. So get your donations out. Um, this is the month and you can cash at me um, at my cash app or you could give me a call and um, make your donations today. Visit us at podpage.com backslash pink hyphen October. That's podpage, P-O-D-P-A-G dot com backslash pink hyphen October. So now that I've had the surgery, I've got to go, oh, about every week or every two weeks and have air blown into the expander until I get to the size that I want. Well, I wanted like the perfect size C's. Now, mind you, this is breast cancer, so you're not going to get breast construction like you would if you were just doing plastic surgery and just getting breast enhancements. So I was warned of that, not to expect them to come out perfect and perky as if I was, you know, <laughs> doing that. However, I will say this. My surgeon, Dr. Amalfi, came pretty close. So anyway, um, so we schedule the surgery and we have the, the breast removed and we have the expander put in. So now I have to wait. Oh, I don't know. I think I had to wait about six months to a year to schedule um, for the breast implants to be put in and for the other side to be resized. So at this point, the earliest we could do this was January. Okay, so now I have that done in August. So now I have to go to a special bra place um, and get a specialized bra that's going to allow me to still look even because remember the right side is still the old size. So now we've got to make the left side match the right side for now. So padded bras and, you know, still getting expanded done, but just so that I look symmetrical. Okay. So now we're doing that. And the place that um, I would go and get those would be Thalmas. Uh, which was on Park Avenue, but now is in Henrietta. But they specialize in the bras and things like that for us ladies, a special pink ladies. So anyway, on with the story. So I went on ahead and we scheduled the, the surgery for January. So I'm excited because I'm going to get new girls, right? I mean, I'm going to get C cups and they're going to be nice and they're going to be perky and all of that, right? Like a young girl, right? So anyway, I go and we go, me and my mom and my husband, we go that morning for the surgery. While I'm sitting in the waiting room, I don't know what it was, but I kept desiring orange juice. I'm not a huge orange juice drinker. I very rarely even buy it in my home, but I kept nagging my husband for that orange juice to the point where he said, okay, let me just get this orange juice for you. Now, mind you, I'm not supposed to have anything at this point but water or coffee. That's it. Actually, I think at this point, maybe just water. And my mom, she even says to me, are you supposed to be doing that? Are you sure you could drink? I said, I can have a sip, right? Think nothing of it. I get back there. They prep me 
and everything, IV is in me, everything's going on. And the anesthesiologist says, have you had or what have you had to eat or drink? And I tell them I had this sip of orange juice. Thank God for honesty and integrity, right? Because at that point, everything stopped. And they looked at me and they said, we'll be right back. When they came back, they said, we're going to have to reschedule this surgery. I didn't know what to do. I I just, I, I, I was stunned. I mean, I was like, but why? They said, you drank the orange juice, which has acid in it. And when you're out, there's a tube down your throat and that acid can cause reflux and come back up on you while that tube is down your throat while you're in surgery. O-M-G. I about had, I begged, I begged us, you know, I said, well, can I come back later and we can do it or something? And they're like, no, you'd have to wait now at least 24 hours. And it, and you literally now have to reschedule, you know, obviously there's other surgeries already scheduled, right? But I'm like, Lord, please just find an exception for me. Can you find an exception for me? And I'm like, you got to reschedule. And I was like, when I walked out of there, my husband and my mom both looked at me like, oh, wow. And I couldn't blame it on my husband, even though I wanted to, because I said, you, you're the one who got the orange juice. But then I'm the one that just begged and begged. Then finally, I said, it just wasn't meant for me that day to have that surgery. Because why did I need so badly to have that orange juice that I didn't know was going to stop my surgery that day? Okay. So fast forward. It gets rescheduled, right? So now, but it's rescheduled for March. I think it was going to be rescheduled for like March the 5th, right? So I'm like, oh God, I got to go through this. So now I got to keep getting the expanders filled, you know, and this and that and the third, right? Because you got to keep them, keep them blown up. All right. So, um, let's see, that's January, February, early February, late January. I started waking up at night and it was wet under my arms on the left side where the expander is, right? And I'm like, well, what's going on? And so I said, I'm all wet. Okay, so then the next night, the same thing happens. So I said, well, let me call my breast cancer surgeon to find out what's going on. So they, well, they said, well, you come in, let us look and see if this has anything to do with, you know, your expanders or whatever. Sure enough, the expander had burst. It had a hole in it the size, they said, a pinhole. But nevertheless, all of my fluids or whatever they were blowing into it or whatever was seeping out. Okay, so now there's a potential there for infection. So now... We have to schedule an emergency surgery to get the expander out, okay? So within a week, I'm in there getting that surgery done. So now we're cleaning out the breast again just to make sure there's still no residue because every time they go into there, they're going to send a, a, a report to the pathologist to make sure there's no cancer cells still there. Then they had to go in and clean it out for any type of um, uh, infection of any kind 
then they were able to take the expander out and put in the implant and reduce the other side. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, so now this is all done. And I'm happy with it, very happy with it. And that was 2019 when I had that done. And thank God to this very day, there's no signs of cancer. Amen. Now, let's fast forward to uh, August of 2022. Well, when you have that surgery done, if you are already heavy busted, you're going to be left with a lot of overflow or overhang, what they call dog ears, underneath your arms. And it's hard to, when your breast is smaller, it's hard to stuff that extra meat or skin, if you will, into a smaller bra. So even though you go band size, you know, larger in a smaller cup, you still have this overflow under your arms. And that was supposed to be a part of the surgery back in 19 when they did the implants and the, and the reconstruction. However, because of the potential fear of, in, in, of uh, infection, she didn't want to do that much stuff then. They just wanted to kind of do the basic surgery. So guess what, ladies and gentlemen? I went back in last month, which was a one-day in-and-out surgery, and had the dog ears removed. Ooh, what a blessing. First thing my mom said is, look like you lost another 10 pounds, right? Because <laughs> now my arms could lay flatter along the sides of my body, right? And now the BC cups that I currently have look like BC cups instead of B cups with C sides or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it's been a journey, y'all. But when I tell you I'm so much better on the other side, while I do not wish this on anyone, cancer, breast removal, chemo, thank God I didn't have to have radiation. But while I don't wish that on anyone, you know, it may have taken my breast, but it did not take my breath. And I think my God in heaven, for what he's done for me. He delivered me. He kept me cancer-free. I'm an overcomer as a result. I feel good about who I am. I feel good about what God has brought me through. I feel good about representing who I am, where I've been, and what I've been through. And I'd like to share my health and wealth and everything with all of those individuals who have gone through, about to go through, or are going through that journey right now. I just want you to know there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Just go through it, thank and pray God, and bring him into the midst of it all, and you will come out just fine. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you so much for listening. This is Pat Anderson from Pink October.